So are you loving on yourself? Or are you tearing yourself down with ongoing criticism? I think most of us lean towards the ongoing criticism type of thoughts about ourselves and tend to think that there's something wrong with us that needs to be fixed. Why else would the diet and fitness industry be thriving like it is? We look in the mirror and we see all our faults and all the things we don't like based on messaging that's been drilled into our heads from advertising for just about everything. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living podcast where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Adulting can be hard, but you don't have to go it alone. I created this podcast to give you inspiration and let you know you're not alone in feeling stuck in midlife. Both men and women are welcome here, but if you are a woman, I also invite you to join our Midlife Uprising community for women where we are making waves and reimagining what it means to age. Being part of this community for women will remind you on a regular basis that you're not too old and it's never too late to do that thing you've been thinking about. You can find more information at midlifeuprising.com and I hope to see you there. Hey, this episode is brought to you by Midlife Cues, which is a fantastic weekly newsletter about intentional living and personal growth in midlife. Every Sunday issue explores a specific topic that's relevant to us midlifers, supported by carefully researched resources and tools. It's written and published by someone I truly admire, Lou Blazer. Lou built a career in corporate America as a management consultant and IT leader, and she now focuses her work on exploring how midlifers like us can be truly happy and feel fulfilled in the second half of our lives. So you can check it out and subscribe at midlifecues.com. So I'm coming to you solo today at the beginning of February, and I have a confession to make. There's only one holiday in February, and call me the Valentine Grinch, but I really don't like Valentine's Day. There, I've said it. And it's not because anything traumatic ever happened. I, I just don't like that it feels like a forced holiday. It feels like we're obligated to celebrate romantic love on this day. I mean, I kind of do like the chocolate hearts with my kids and stuff like that. But and, and really, it's not that I'm not a romantic. I just don't like somebody else telling me that it's time for me to be romantic with the person I love. I, I feel very lucky to be married to my best friend. And I also feel bad on that day for anyone who's in between romantic partnerships and how this holiday highlights for them that they're alone if they don't want to be. And... It's just, I don't know, feels loaded. So anyway, today I want to talk about self-love. I think a lot of people are resistant to the idea of self-love or self-care. I, I know, I know, self-care seems to be one of those terms that is bandied about a lot these days. 
So that could be part of the resistance. But I think the true resistance to self-care and self-love comes from the idea that's so ingrained that it's selfish to prioritize our needs. Like selfish is a bad word. But I'm here to say that you can't give what you don't have. You know, it goes back to that old idea, that old overused idea of putting on your oxygen mask first. So let's use another example. Let's talk about electricity. Our electric grid can only handle a certain amount of demand for electricity. So when there's a heat wave in the middle of the summer every now and again, the demand is too high and the grid shuts down. And I think that's what happens to us emotionally when we try to give beyond our means. I contend that if we take care of ourselves and build up our reserves, we can give more from our overflow. And setting boundaries is one of the best tools for taking care of ourselves. It's like a little circuit breaker. It's about guarding our bandwidth. I'm terrible at this, by the way. (laughs) It's a work in progress for sure. So don't think that I'm here to preach from on high. It's an ongoing learning process for me. One of the things I try to do to set boundaries is setting aside time on my calendar as blocked time when I know I need to work on a project. Uh, Setting aside blocked time keeps me from overfilling my calendar with phone calls and Zoom meetings. And I put everything on my calendar. For example, if I book a photo session with a client, I set aside time on my calendar for the day after the session for editing the photos. And I even put days on my calendar for like no work today. (laughs) I try to do that on Sundays. No work today, I have to tell myself. Here's the tricky part. At this age, we have a lifetime of habits that may or may not work for us. We also, on another note, have a lifetime of thoughts about ourselves that we are carrying around as if they are the Ten Commandments, written in stone. But those thoughts you're thinking about yourself might not be true. They probably aren't. And they also may or may not be working for you. You know, they say we have somewhere between sixty to 90,000 thoughts a day. And they're mostly the same thoughts circulating over and over, wearing deep grooves in our brains. They are habits. They are unconscious habits. So are you loving on yourself? Or are you tearing yourself down with ongoing criticism? I think most of us lean towards the ongoing criticism type of thoughts about ourselves and tend to think that there's something wrong with us that needs to be fixed. Why else would the diet and fitness industry be thriving like it is? We look in the mirror and we see all our faults and all the things we don't like based on messaging that's been drilled into our heads from advertising for just about everything. Mostly, you probably aren't even aware of the thoughts you're thinking about yourself at any given moment because you're just trying to get through your day. I mean, 60 to 90,000 thoughts a day? That's a lot. 
seriously, I mean, how can you begin to sort through that many thoughts? But we can gain a lot of power over our thoughts if we start to pay attention to them. Here's what I mean by that. Okay, you have a thought. That thought that you have leads you to feel something, either good or bad. And based on that feeling, you take some sort of action or you have a reaction. That action or reaction produces a result. And based on that result, you have another thought that produces another emotion in you, and that inspires a new reaction or action that gives you a similar result. Based on those results or experiences, you start to draw conclusions and build beliefs. You take actions based on your beliefs that tend to create the same situation over and over, proving you right. That's confirmation bias. What if you stopped to examine your belief? What if you take the time to question your belief? By the way, this is my interpretation of the work of many other brilliant people like Byron Katie, Eckhart Tolle, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Joe Dispenza, Brooke Castillo, I, I could go on. Tons of people have done work around this. Awareness is the first step towards change. And, and by the way, I'm not talking about changing yourself. I'm talking about changing the way you think about yourself so you can free yourself from the trap you're in that keeps you doing the things the same way over and over. That, to me, is the definition of feeling stuck. So how do you become more aware of your thoughts? You have to decide to take time for yourself, to slow down, to meditate, go for a walk and just think and notice your thoughts, write in a journal. This is what I call the ultimate self-care in a world where we are always in front of a screen or making ourselves constantly available to the demands of the people around us. And it's not easy, but it's something that if you do every day and make it a regular thing, you can really start to notice that you are gaining some ground. You can start to notice patterns of thought. And just the noticing frees you from them. It's, it's incredible. Notice what you're thinking about yourself when you see yourself in the mirror, when you step on the scale, when you're scrolling through social media, when you miss an appointment or make a mistake. What are you saying to yourself about yourself? When you notice the patterns of your thoughts, then you can stop and ask yourself if those thoughts are true. Are they facts? Or are they subjective opinions about yourself? Are your thoughts making you feel good about yourself? Some of them might. Or do they make you feel awful? If the thoughts aren't true and they aren't making you feel good, then you have a chance to decide to rewire your thoughts. Once you're aware of them, you have the opportunity to reframe them. And I'm not saying it's easy. It means having to find new thoughts that you can actually believe and then practice thinking them. And the new thoughts will probably feel awkward at first because 
You've practiced the old thoughts for so long. So don't expect an immediate change. Rewiring your thoughts takes time and practice. But as you practice, they will become your new habit of thinking. Then you will start to see yourself taking new actions and getting new results. And yes, we are getting into the territory of affirmations. And you might be one of those people who thinks affirmations are a bunch of hoo-ha, hocus-pocus, or that it's a form of toxic positivity. But I hope you can look past that to see some possibility. So how do we change a long habit of negative thoughts? You know, it's not like you can just flip it and make it something positive. But instead, you might try going to something neutral. You could start with, um, let's see, uh, I hate my wrinkles (laughs) to I have wrinkles. I've lived a long time. I spent some fun time in the sun. Can't say I regret it. That was some fun time. You, it, it could be, um, you know, I hate my arms, the little flabby stuff on the bottom. <laughs> you can change that. Instead of saying, you know, my arms are beautiful. Instead, you could say, I have arms. I can use them to do things. I can bring in the groceries. I can cook dinner. I can hug people. I think you see what I'm saying. So based on an exercise that I got from Brooke Castillo, I tried something, and I'm going to put a challenge out to you to try this as well. See if you can come up with 12 things that you appreciate about yourself. Really, sit down with a piece of paper. And try to write down 12 things that you like about yourself or you appreciate. And, and notice if it was hard to think of 12. I mean, did they just come right out or did you have to really go deep? And is it easier to come up with things that you don't like or appreciate? And when you come up with the list of things that you do appreciate about yourself, Do you really believe what's on the list? Ha ha ha. You know, when you practice negative thoughts, you get good at it. When you practice appreciating yourself, you get good at it. It's like going to the gym to work out, to get stronger. If you want to learn to write, you have to write. If you want to get stronger at the gym, you have to lift weights. And if you want to appreciate yourself, you have to start appreciating yourself. On the other side of things, you might want to become more aware of your negative self-talk so that you can start to reframe it. So if you don't know where to start, you can make a list of the things that are bothering you in your life. Do you hate what you see when you look in the mirror? Do you feel constantly overwhelmed by your busy schedule? Make a list of the situations you find yourself in where you feel frustrated or powerless. And from there, notice what you're telling yourself about yourself. Oh, and I want to mention that starting to become aware of your thoughts can be murky territory, and a pitfall to watch out for is judging yourself for thinking bad thoughts about yourself. That's a double whammy, isn't it? Try, try, try to be kind to yourself when going through this process 
You are not alone. We all do this. Welcome to the human race. Don't make yourself feel bad for feeling bad. Just notice it. Notice that that's what is happening and see what happens when you get curious about it instead of judgmental about it. Well, there you have it. That's my challenge to you and to myself. (laughs) Try it. Get that piece of paper and try to come up with 12 things you truly appreciate about yourself. And if that's easy, awesome. Try to come up with 50 things you like about yourself and notice where you get stopped. By the way, these are the kinds of things we talk about in the Midlife Uprising community for women. And we just had one of our monthly Zoom gatherings last night, and we talked about all of this with each other, which is a great way to lighten the load on this journey. You don't have to go it alone. So I hope you'll join us next month. The next gathering is Tuesday, March 14th. You can get more information at midlifeuprising.com. And okay, that's all for today. I'll be back with another great guest next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.